Hey, one more thing before you go. Tough guys don't last. Tough people do. Is the mantra that Joel Hunt lives by. He's an Army veteran who was injured during his third deployment and has seen his fair share of tough times. Though he has endured tragedy, he has come out on the other side with a dedication to helping fellow veterans. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with Joel in his journey. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. This is That Thing About To Hell and Back, A Soldier Story. My guest in this episode is Joel Hunt. He's an Army veteran who deployed three times during his military career with his third deployment to Bakuba, Iraq. It ended with a traumatic brain injury and his leg being partially paralyzed. Finding himself left in the care of his parents as his TBI forced him into a wheelchair, he required a significant amount of rehabilitation. With his parents' encouragement, he tried a paramilitary ski camp specifically designed for people with TBI. He loved it so much, he eventually ranked in the top 10, and within one year after he began, he was ranking third in the United States and 34th in the world. In the beginning of 2013, Joel's journey took another turn after an injury on the slopes. He did not let that stop him and decided to take his woes and turn them into something powerful and positive. He started The H Train Show. It's a podcast that airs on Military Brotherhood Radio, a testament to the tenacity and fortitude of a warrior. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm pretty excited, Michael. I'm really uh, excited. And I just wanted to uh, share with you real quick. Um, it is military broadcast radio. Brotherhood Radio used to be uh, a long time ago, but it's uh, military broadcast radio. That's okay. I'm sorry. I, you know, I grabbed, I don't know where I grabbed that. I grabbed that <laughs> somewhere off of one of your sites. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. We're, we're still updating, but uh, again, very appreciative to even have me on the show. Um, I was telling Michael, tell all the listeners, all the viewers out there, um, I'm pretty envious with the setup here. This, this, uh, the video overlays. Very, very nice. So um, I'm over here with a little bit envy. Well, I appreciate that. I'm a little envious of your journey. I mean, you have accomplished so much and you do so much for veterans all across the world. Um, I'm assuming all across the world. It, it, to me, I think that it, what you provide is something that uh, is um, needed, actually, across the world. You give a voice to veterans, which uh, all veterans need, no matter which service you served in or which war you fought in, all veterans need a voice. Exactly. You know, and uh, I tried not to, I tried not to cry or get passionate, but I really strongly believe that of all people, 
You know, you hear so much about the First Amendment. You hear so much about the Second Amendment. And I'm one of those people that believe of anybody that deserves a ticket to have the First or Second Amendment, I believe, is the veterans, you know? And, like, um, I'm pretty good at computer skills, but, like, even with – when you hear me, you probably think – well – if you're hearing me and you 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 heard the introduction, you you know you you would understand. But if you miss the introduction and and you're listening to me or watching this and you're thinking, man, that guy's drunk. No, I'm not drunk. Uh, that's my I guess a speech impediment or whatever for my traumatic brain injury. Um, but that's one of the reasons why when I interned with uh, with a radio station here in Colorado. That's one of the reasons why um, I I didn't really stay there is because of the speech, you know, and I believe everybody should have the opportunity, you know, because it's, it's, it's not what's coming out of your mouth. It's what's uh, coming out from your heart. And I believe that um, every veteran deserves that opportunity. And that's what military broadcast radio does if you are a veteran and you have a honorable discharge and you want to have a podcast or you want to have a radio show but you have no idea how to we help you we help you with everything if you're a nonprofit and you want some help being promoted kind of like, you know, what an agent does or what a PR person does, you know, MBR will help you. We're, uh, we're actually having, uh, a, um, a dinner this Saturday that we are sponsoring a nonprofit. It's, it's their gala dinner and we're going to be showing up. Um, there's about nine or 10 of us veterans that are going to be showing up and we're going to be playing music, uh, at the same time, you know, they gave us the press release and we sent it out to our contacts and that's what we do now. You know, he was talking about, um, the H train show, the H train show is a podcast or for, you know, People like my dad, another word for a podcast would be a DVR of the radio show. We are on 45 different uh, syndicated stations, five FM stations. And, you know, none of us here make uh, a paycheck or make money or anything like that. But uh, it's veterans helping veterans. And that's one of the reasons why I do my show and we have a couple others on uh, MBR as well. But the show is to give information to all of our listeners so that they understand, you know, what's out there. Um, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to close with this statement and I'll let you ask your next question. Cause I, I don't want to, I don't want to take, uh, I don't want to take all the air, uh, but the reason why I created my show, because I know this is probably going to be one of the questions that you have. I had a distant cousin 
This, this is somebody that's related to me that I'd never even met before. She calls me up the day after the possible government shutdown with Obama. Do you remember that? I do remember that, actually. Okay. So what happened was she called me and she's like, look, my fiance, he's active duty. Um, he's afraid that he's going to get a no pay due because they're telling the units that they're not going to get paid. Um, we are having, uh, we're having an issue, uh, with being able to, you know, get any like funds or help or anything. Cause they, they wrote to a nonprofit that is very, 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 very popular. Okay. We're not going to mention names cause you know, that's not professional. But they reached out to a nonprofit that was very popular, and they basically told them that they wasn't injured enough. And I told her, I'm like, Allison, you realize there's like 200, 300,000 nonprofits out there for military. She's like, what? She's like, I didn't know that. Wow. And I thought to myself, that's what I need to do. I need to make a podcast to where we investigate the nonprofits. We look into their 990. We make sure that they're doing the right thing. And then once we know that they're doing the right thing and they make less than $85,000 in admin costs a year, and you know as well as I do, Michael, that means that nobody works there. They just, they, they, they volunteer, Okay. And that's one of the main reasons why, because I, I want to bring nonprofits onto my show that are focused on the military families and not so much the checkbook. That's a good thing, actually, especially in today's day and age when everybody looks at the bottom dollar. They forgot how to be right. human, forgot the compassion, the humanity and the necessity to take care of our, our brothers and sisters. Exactly. And, you know, and there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of. There's a lot of nonprofits out there that are doing the right thing, but they don't, they're not bringing in that money. So they can't make commercials. Right. I'm going to tell you this, everybody, this is a hint. Okay. If you're seeing a commercial now, there's a good chance that that nonprofit doesn't need your money. They don't donate commercial time. I've never heard of anybody donating commercial time. And if they have, well, you know, they need to give us a call because um, that's what we're doing. We're we're trying to promote to the military community all the nonprofits that are out there. And we're trying to show the military, okay, these guys are focused on these guys. And um, you know, they're you you're not you're not paying for their uh second house on the Hawaiian beach. You know what I mean? So so that's what we do. And it's a wonderful thing that you do, actually. It's a, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, your opportunity that you present to veterans and the families, because the, we, sometimes people forget about those that are in the journey with them, their families, their kids, their wives, their husbands, their children, their, their parents, their grandparents at times. Right. Um, those are also, those people are also on that journey with the veteran. So that's a very good thing. Let's talk about... Let's tell a little bit about you and um, okay. how you got to the journey to the creation of this brilliant opportunity. Uh, where'd you grow up? 
Uh, I grew up in a very small town called Kokomo, Indiana. And do not believe the Beach Boys. It, you know, it might be the same name, but trust me, the Beach Boys did not create the song for Kokomo. I was born in a very small town. Um, and the reason why I had joined the service, I had, uh, I was a really good place kicker in high school football and everybody was getting their acceptance letters and, you know, I wasn't getting nothing and I was all worried. I'm, you know, and I'm like, ah, you know, I wasn't exactly a procrastinator. I've always been kind of a worry wart. And I went to, I was going to go to a dance with this woman and of course, you know, heartbreak. So, you know, that, that, that turned me kind of, you know, where this is going. So that kind of turned me in that direction. Okay. But then I'm like, hold up, hold up. You know, this is a forever thing. You know, wait a minute. We're going to see how this plays out. And then uh, I went over to a friend's house that had just graduated high school. He was working at Chi Chi's. You know, if that doesn't show you my age. I don't know what does. Um, we was working at Chi Chi's and I, I told him, Hey man, you know, I'm going to come over after, you know, visit and stuff. He's like, okay. So I show up at his house and I got scared. I got scared, Michael, because, you know, they were smoking marijuana, which, you know, that's okay. You know, I have nothing against people smoking marijuana, but they were smoking marijuana, drinking beer, and they had lawn furniture as furniture. Whoa. And I, I stopped it. I took a, I, I, I took a look at, you know, my life and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Do I want to be like that? Do I want to live like that? Or do I want to be a 21 or a 20 year old reject living at home? And, uh, and I got scared and you know, the woman thing that didn't help, you know? And, uh, I went over to, uh, I went over to the Marines, true story. I went over to the Marines and the guy's like, yeah, I don't think we can take you because, you know, in the past you've been on Ridlin or whatever. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I literally, literally walked across the street and I signed up with the army. You know, everybody tells me there's a Marine. They're like, oh, he just didn't want to fill out a, he just didn't want to fill out a paper or a waiver or whatever. But, you know, I tried to go to the Marines in the first place, but they wouldn't take me. So I went into the army. That's why I say army, you know, the few, the proud, the rejects. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, uh, I, I, I served in the military. I served honorably. Um, I don't talk much about the military because with my traumatic brain injury, I really don't, I don't remember much of it. I can tell you that. Do you remember um, what your MOS is, was? I remember my MOS. It was it, when I came in, it was 12 Bravo. And then they decided to change it to 21. I have no idea. I'm, I'm thinking maybe the guy that was in charge of the books was dialectic. I don't know. But then it went from 12 to 21 Bravo and then 21 to 12 Bravo. So it's like, why did you guys even change it in the first place? Um, and I think they're still doing it today. And uh, 12 Bravo is a combat engineer. Okay. Now, for a lot of people, they're like, well, what the hell is a combat engineer? A combat that. engineer, it's not 
the 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 best movie that I can give as a description would be the Hurt Locker, but the Hurt Locker is civilian EOD. It's not really combat engineer, but you know, kind of think of us as like an assistant. You know, you know, we deal with anti tank mines, anti personnel mines, uh, IEDs. You know, they call us. We hit them with a 50 cal or, you know, we'd go over there with a, with a, what we would call, oh shit charge, throw it on there and blow them, you know, blow them away. That was my job. And, um, you know, I would love to, you know, I always tell people I'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Don't cut the red wire, but I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly the pinpoint date of the injury because I think it was a combination of all the explosions. I mean, I was, I deployed three times in the same place within like a four year difference. And, you know, the, the military, they really didn't keep take, they didn't really take care of me. They didn't take care of a lot of soldiers that were in during my time. You know, uh, I know I'm not the only one that had their medical records lost. So, Having medical records lost, it has it put a huge dampening on, you know, receiving my military stuff, uh, like retirement, uh, Purple Heart, um, life insurance, which, you know, still today, the life insurance thing, um, I ha still haven't been able to crack that, you know. So they didn't take care of me. Uh, very much. This is the reason why I wanted to be a Marine. I think Marines kind of uh, take care of Marines a little bit more than the Army does. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's I came back. Go ahead. I say that's very unfortunate that they don't do that. They don't pay enough attention to the to the individuals that they're putting on the front line. That is, and I think I think it's more of we just want boots on the ground. I think that's what it is. It's kind of like a, a number game, which, I mean, now I have no idea what we're going to do with, you know, the whole thing that's happening over, yeah. uh, you know, in the Russia area, which we won't get into that. But I can tell you that uh, when I came back from all of my deployments, and I everything was all done in 2007. Um, after 2007, I don't know if it was because, you know, like my adrenaline was stopped because I was officially out of the army, but things started going downhill. You know, I'm, I, I worked at, uh, I worked at Walgreens and I almost got fired at Walgreens because I mixed up the person's, uh, photos, like my memory was really bad, you know, and it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a little mix up. I mean, it was a bad mix up. You had one guy that had a camera full of hunting pictures and uh, another was of, uh, it looked like a married couple trying to spice up things. And I, uh, I accidentally, gave, yeah, exactly. I gave them the wrong film. So I should have been fired there, but I didn't, they gave me like a warning. And then every once in a while, when I was putting the orange juice and stuff back into the cooler, 
Um, like I would have these blackouts and dizzy spells and I would drop the orange juice and it would bust all over the floor. And as the months progressed, by December, I found myself confined to a wheelchair. I confined myself to a wheelchair because like my brain was overloaded. And then on top of it, uh, I was having issues regulating my temperature. And because I had the issues of regulating my temperature from my TBI, it's almost like a stroke. I would black out or I would dizzy spell. So I found out that if I wasn't using my legs, like in a like you know a wheelchair, then I'd be okay. But if I'm like walking, and I had several VA people with me at times, and then I'm like hold on, and then I would feel the quakes, and they would, you know, they witnessed it. Like they they couldn't explain it. VA still can't explain. It. I still say that TBI is like. AIDS of the nineties. Like when you think you understand TBI, something happens, you read a little bit and then bam. Okay. Breakthrough. We just found out something else. We're, we're constantly learning about the TBI. We're constantly. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly seeing uh, shit with TBI in the NFL, like Antonio Brown, like what happened with him, you know? Um, it definitely affects your attitude, the way you do things. So when I was in my wheelchair, you know, um, my dad kept telling me, he's like, you know, you no know, woman's going to want to be with you if you're in a wheelchair. You need to get your butt up, you know? And he would try to motivate me, and I just wasn't happening. But, you know, that TBI right. camp that you were talking about, um, I remember – I remember that because uh, it was a uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. My mom came up to me and she knew that they had signed me up for this camp. I didn't know anything about it. They signed me up for this camp and I finally got the call and I, I looked at my mom and I'm like, really? I'm not ready. And she's like, yeah, you are. She's like, Hey, Joel. And this is a true story. Here you she's go. Like, hey, Joel. Hey, let let's go to water aerobics. I'll introduce you to the girls. They're very cute. You might like them. So I didn't know anything about water aerobics. I'm like, okay, all right, this is great. Listeners, viewers, let me tell you something before you find out the hard way. Okay. Water aerobics is not a way to pick up on chicks. Okay. They're all old. And that's what I dealt with. I got there. I was really upset. I'm like, really, mom? She's like, hey, they're girls, you know? But water aerobics, it helped me. It helped me be able to, like, to, to, to kind of feel my ankles, especially, like, on my, on my right foot. So since I was trying to balance that out, at the same time, I was trying to balance that out on my left side. But because of... My paralysis, it was, it was hard for me to gasp, you know, trying to feel the ankles on the left side. But the balance thing helped me with water aerobics. And then when I went to ski on the third day, Michael, they told me that I was carving. That's, that's how much of like uh, a natural at skiing I was. And I told them, I'm like, well, all you have to do, it's like roller skating. You just roll your ankles. 
And they're like, okay, well, you're doing amazing. So I did amazing. Had you ever skied before that at all? Oh, no, no, never, never. No, I was born in Indiana. All we have is corn, you know? Uh, I used to make fun of people. Oh, you know, they're so rich. They're going to go up there, eat some sushi, drink some wine, come down the hill and, and brag about how much money they have, you know? But I didn't know that skiing was going to change my life. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it was like a drug. I finally got this drug that not only made me feel independent because when I skied, I felt free as a bird. Nobody could touch me. I didn't need anybody's help. I could finally do something on my own by myself, you know? Um, That's amazing. With a guy, if a guy asks you or requests something, it takes a lot for a guy to swallow up his pride and ask for help. I agree with that. It takes a lot. And I was in that aspect. I was. I was in that aspect. But I learned how to ski. I learned how to ski, you know, and I didn't think anything of it. The guy that was teaching me, I looked at him and I'm like, so do you tell you, are you telling me? Cause he used to be a racer and we were, you know, talking. I was going through NASTAR, you know, and he's like, good job. And I'm like, do you think if I had the right coaching, if I had the right coaching and the right, you know, equipment, do you think I could be a ski racer like you? Hey, just a real quick reminder. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for being a part of the One More Thing Before You Go family. Please remember to subscribe and or follow us. We would greatly appreciate it. We do have an app that's available for you for free. You'll find it in the App Store or on Google Play. It is compliments of Superpass, our sponsor. Anything that you want to do with your business to take it to the next level, have an entertainment or an information hub in the palm of your hand, it's Superpass. It will give you the unique opportunity for everything. One more thing before you go, please take the time to support us by subscribing, following, and visiting our unique merchandise store at beforeyougopodcast.shop. You'll find that link to the store in our website. It is beforeyougopodcast.shop. You can find our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. And one more thing before you go.com. You will find links to your favorite platform to listen to the show as well as the show notes for today's episode and contact information for our guest. And we appreciate you. Thank you for supporting and listening to us each and every week. And he looked at me and he's like, oh, no, you're too old. <laughs> I always got to throw the age thing in. That pissed me off so much. And yeah. Believe it or not, Michael, if he wouldn't have said that, I probably would have never tried to go to the Paralympics, but I love to ski really a lot. And they had programs with the military programs that basically, Hey, if you're learning to ski, we'll pay for your lodging, your lift ticket and all that stuff. And that stuff's expensive, especially the skis. Cause I got a pair of skis right now. They're about 5,000 bucks. Wow. They're expensive. And, um, so at that point, I just went to a bunch of learn to ski camps because I love to ski. I didn't really have any thrive to do competitive. I literally did the competitive to prove that kid wrong. Wow. And you did. I did. 
you know, and it was funny because after they announced that I had made the team, like he reached out and he's like, Hey man, congratulations. I hear your speaking engagements. He's like, that's not exactly what I said about, you know, you being too old. You know, I was meaning, I'm like, don't worry about it. It, it. it doesn't matter. It's, 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 you know, it's long. It could have been my uh, TBI, but it doesn't matter. The, the thing that matters is that I was skiing so that I could get better, so that I could rehabilitate. The U.S. was using me because I had a raw talent. And because I had the raw talent, I got that opportunity to serve my country a second different way, a second different form. And if I had that chance, because I mean, I mean, you should have seen me when I was when when I was back then. You should see me now because I've got I've got way more confidence. Uh, you know, that was that was the turning point for me to serve my community, my my country in a second second different manner. That was a huge turning point for me. And when I got out, when I got out, I thought to myself, I don't want to just hang up because, I mean, everybody's looking at me. I'm a a public profile now. You know, everybody's looking at me and stuff. I didn't want to just hang my skis. So I'm like, I got that distant cousin call. And that's, that's when I started, when that's when I started the H train show. And then, uh, military broadcast radio, it just kind of, it, it kind of just dropped in my lap. The guy retired and I inherited it kind of, but if, if it changed my life as a, as a closure thing to serve my country in a second different way, who's to say that that will help other veterans. And that's the reason why I created the opportunity and military broadcast radio for all veterans. Well, you you reinvented your life. In in reinventing it, you did it in such a way that you were able to continue to serve, which kudos for that. And that is an outstanding um, achievement, actually. Now, you said that um, you had gotten a Purple Heart. You mentioned that earlier in the conversation. Um, is that something that you had to fight for, or is that something that, how'd you get the I had heart? a... I had a I had a fight for it. Uh, Forgotten Heroes presented it to me, you know, and uh, yeah, I didn't really care much about trying to get it. Um, it was more for my mom because my mom got a pendant on me before before she died of pancreatic cancer. That was the uh, that that was the biggest part of. That award is that my mom got a pennant on me. That's a good thing. Yeah, I'm sorry for your loss in regard to that. Um, <clears throat> you, um, you are married, right? I am. Right so, now I am. It, it could be different. We could be married because she can't afford the money to do divorce. But last time I checked, I, you know, I, I think she's happy. Uh, that's something that you would have to, like, you know, get with her one-on-one, but sometimes we've been married now for 10 years. Uh, good job. Yeah, sometimes it's good to be broke. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This broke has its, has its positives too. 
Uh, yeah, it. Uh, you. Uh, I know that you had suffered a couple of losses. One was your mother, and uh, uh, you had also had another loss that was very, very, very personal to you. That kind of also motivated you into uh, the the new direction in your life. Can we talk a little bit about that? Um. Sure. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm not putting two and two together. Um, I'm not too sure what you mean by the uh, the the second loss. Um, you said that you're. Um, where did it go? Honors. Do 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 do. I know, I know that uh, me and my wife, we tried to have kids, and that that whole thing kind of failed, and and then it didn't help that my my mother passed like right after that. I think that's probably uh, what you mentioned to me. That might be what you mentioned to me. See, my, one of our previous uh, uh, emails that we had spoken together, messages that we had spoken in regard to that. So that might be that. Um, I think you had told me something about losing a child to miscarriage. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, I guess a lot of, a lot of females um, due to miscarriage. We, we had, uh, we had two, uh, but we, we have, we have stuck it through so far. We've Very stuck good. it through. Um, but you know, um, you know, things just happen. And when my grandfather died a long time ago, one thing that he told me that really, I don't know why, but my, my nose is itching. <laughs> um, Somebody's thinking my, about you. I know. Right. My, uh, my grandfather, he, he taught me a valuable lesson. He taught me a valuable lesson of, you know, when things don't go your way, you can't say, why God, why God? Because we never say, why God, why God, when good things happen. So instead of being upset because things aren't going your way, realize and know that somewhere around you that maybe your good luck karma is helping somebody that is really in need. And that's not to say that your time won't come. You can't have a good high every single, every single day. Uh, just be open to it and, and have faith. Those are profound words. I relate to them uh, to a certain perspective on my own journey in regard to that. I did the same thing um, after I got injured and I was, put in a wheelchair and it was the why, why, why me, why me? I had dedicated, just like you, I had dedicated my life to service and in service of others. And I was angry for a long time. I was in denial for a long time. Um, I was uh, depressed for a long time and a multitude of those. Uh, as you said earlier in the conversation, it's very humbling um, when you, um, when you're a man and then when you're in a position that others look up to for whatever reason, whether it be a soldier, a, a cop, a firefighter, you know, a doctor, that you have to ask for help. Um, it it uh, gives you a different perspective on life and those around you. And I think that uh, at that time, people coming, male or female, coming out of uh, 
um, being a veteran and having to readjust the life, uh, whether it be through injury or through PTSD or through TBIs, uh, need the opportunity to be able to express themselves in a way that will help them to heal and move forward. And you know your words of wisdom that you just spoke, I think are an integral part of doing that. So thank you for sharing that. Oh yeah, of of course, of course. You know, um, I also want to show another thing of wisdom before I leave that, and I've I've learned that this year, um, instead of getting like mad or whatever at people or really upsetting and and uh, and and throw anger out after that email or text message that you got, I learned that. You sooner in life, you as a person, you have to be you have to be honest to yourself and realize that we all have toxic characteristics. Sometimes it's not always that other person. So before you point the finger at somebody else, you need to take a look at yourself and you know think, okay. What's wrong with me before I start comparing myself? What's wrong with them? And I think that the world would be a lot better place if when I spoke or with anybody speaks or if I write something or if anybody writes something, posts something. And a lot of people don't even do this on social media, but on social media, like, what are your intentions? Like, what are your intentions? If you go on Facebook and you post, um, hey, you know, I just, I hate life and blah, blah, blah. Don't call me. Then why did you post? I, I mean, yeah. you know, that's one thing I've learned this year. And I just, I invite everybody, you know, to kind of learn that lesson is before you say or post anything, think to yourself, what, 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 what am I, what am, what am I trying to, to do here? Yep. Um, what am I trying so, to say? What are my intentions? What, what exactly? Why am I doing this? My why, why am I doing this? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, um, if you're, if you're depressed, everybody gets depressed. Okay. If you're sad, everybody's sad. All right. We all have that one person that we can call. And if we don't have that one person that we can call, then, you know, I wouldn't reach out to a friend or a family member because they'll tell you that it's okay for you to call. Right. All right. But sometimes they're busy. You know what I mean? So instead of feeling that neglect, if you're really feeling down and depressed, call the one the, the the crisis hotline number. And I I give that number to you, but I'm telling you that you're gonna feel better if you do that. Now, hey, look, if you're the kind of person that just wants attention, that's fine. A friend or a family member, you can always text them. Hey, I was just thinking about you. How are you, buddy? You know, you don't need to tell them that you, you, you feel down and out. You can just say, you, you do literally 
you don't have to have an invitation to call anybody. You can text them. Hey, I was just thinking of you. How are you? Every single day, I um, I text 22 veterans that are friends of mine. I text them. Hey, I don't do this buddy check stuff. Okay, I I don't. I don't do the. I don't do the buddy check. I don't do the the push ups. Okay. Um, I have a bunch of veterans that I'm friends with. And every single day, I'll text them, how you doing? We haven't spoke for a while. I just, I just wanted to let you know that I'm thinking of you. If you let another veteran know that you're thinking of you, then you can't feel too small anymore. I agree with that. And I think that, that stands for everyone. That not, just, uh, not just veterans. Yes, veterans. But you can do it for your parents, your grandparents, your yes. kids, your mothers, your friends. You're, you know, especially firefighters, police officers. You know, we talk so much about the army ha or the military having PTSD, firefighters, especially police. You know, me and you yeah. were talking about that behind the scenes. You know, um, the firefighters, the police, they go through so much. And I think sometimes they don't get as much respect as the military does. And I think that the, the fire department, the Police, I think they should get a little bit more res more respect than kind of military because they deploy every single day. Yeah. I would be scared shitless if I was a cop right now in, in, in today's society. Because even as a civilian just walking down yeah. the street, I'm kind of scared. You know what will happen? It's a it's a different society now. It really is. It it is uh it is a different society even from when i was on the job it has evolved into something that uh, even here in the phoenix area about every day now there's a shooting every day there's a shooting and every day there's a police officer involved shooting it just you take yeah. your life in your hands constantly all the time and ptsd um affects the, i've lost several friends both on the law enforcement and from the firefighter side that have uh taken the dark path and uh, had uh, uh, turned out their own lights, basically. And, uh, you know, it's difficult. So, yeah, make text somebody. It doesn't cost you anything to text somebody. It doesn't cost you anything to say, how are you doing? It didn't cost right. you anything to let somebody know that, hey, I'm thinking about you. Even if it's just something like, hey, hello, how are you doing? It's a good idea. Exactly. Very good idea. Um, let's talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, let's talk a little Go bit ahead. about... Uh, how somebody can find uh, your radio, excuse me, your radio, your broad. Let me start that in radio English. Uh, you're good. You're good. You're good. So you can check us out anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even on holidays. You can check us out at www.mbradio.us. That's MikeBravoRadio.us. As you see on the screen, there's two QR codes. Those QR codes, I'm told, once you once you click on the QR code, that will download. Whether you have an Apple iPhone or you have an Android, there's a Google Play, there's an Apple Store. You can uh, you can hit that scan code. The interesting thing about MBR, okay, and if it doesn't work, I want you to please message me at manager at mbradio.us. But the thing that I, I I stand proud about this app 
is this app has a VPN service inside it or something like GeoBlocked. It, it doesn't have any GeoBlocked in it. And you can listen to the app. You can, sorry about that. Um, you can listen to the app on, uh, if you're in India, if you're in China, if you're in Germany, if you're in Australia. And the reason why I bring this up, and I, I found this out, me and my wife, when I first inherited MBR, we went on vacation. Uh, I'd never been... I wanted to I wanted to visit my old stomping ground, Bamberg, Germany. And we also was going in Paris. And one thing that we found was uh, tune in. It wasn't working to play MBR because you had to have a VPN. So I'm like, okay, I got to change this. I got to fix this because, you know, we got troops that are in Germany. We've got troops that are deployed. I want them to be able to listen to a station to, to keep them up to date with today's music, today's hits, especially today's resources, because uh, there's so many out there, okay? And the nice thing about the VPN, I don't know if you know anything about VPN, but it basically it makes your IP uh, look like, oh, you're not in Indiana, you're in Germany, so that you can be able to access everything within that country because believe it or not, there's some things that are blocked when you go to country. So that's the one thing that's great about this app. Also great thing about MBR is if you're a veteran and you have an honorable discharge, contact me. We want you at the station, okay? Are you going to get any money? Probably not, but we're going to improve the reach. We're going to teach you some, you know, some tips, some tricks, you know, all that stuff. Um, also with this app, MBR, like I said, we're 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We actually play all genres of music. In the morning, we play country. In the afternoon, we play rock. In the evening, we play pop and R&B. Sometimes the DJs that go live, they have their own style. But when they have their own style, you know who to follow, who not to follow. And yeah, we, we, uh, the intent of MBR is to try to help all veterans and make them feel a little bit more at home until they get home. That's a very good thing. And I'll make sure all that's in the, show notes as well and on my website so that they have access to that, including the QR codes. So it makes it really, really easy for them to be able to find you and um, to download those apps and to get some help if they need it in regard to, especially, I mean, you started, a, you reinvented your life into radio and uh, this is an opportunity for them to take that chance too, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Look, if, uh, if a guy that uh, can't pronounce and talks drunk and, you know, and he can't do grammar very good. If if a guy like me can not only create a radio show and and ski at you know seventy miles per hour, um, you can do anything that you want to do. Exactly, one hundred percent. You have the opportunity. To, you have to have mind, body, soul, the fortitude, the perseverance, just like you. 
So, Joel, this is one more thing before you go. So before okay. we go, do you have any wisdom or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with everybody? Perfect. Yeah. Uh, my favorite saying. And if you don't listen to anything at all that I say today, please listen to this. For those that are struggling, for those that are finding it hard to accept their identity, for those out there that are having trouble having others accept their identity, do not, don't, don't end something that's temporary that turns out within 72 hours. It, 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 don't sweat the small shit. The, the saying that I always say is tough times don't last, tough people do. And it's the biggest reason, because I can tell you right now, if you feel that, you know, if you think about suicide or have thoughts of it, guess what? You're not the only one. Everybody thinks it. Everybody has that thought. Okay. But, you know, um, it's best analogy I could give is don't hand over the wallet if you're just missing a penny from the purchase. That's pretty good. I like that. I like that. Very, that's outstanding words of wisdom. Joel, thank you very much for sharing your journey. I really appreciate it. It has been a profound journey. Uh, I thank you for taking it on a positive path and helping others to move their life forward in a very good way, in a positive way. Thank you for surviving what you have to be here in order to do that. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go. Have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.